These are such familiar words. The Lord is my shepherd. Uh, so familiar, you, you may have heard this before, but um, I, several years ago, had pretty major surgery to remove part of my colon. And uh, I can remember starting to wake up from the anesthesia. And I thought, man, I'm just, I, I, I can't see up or down. I can't tell. And somewhere in my brain, I said, I'm going to try to sing a song. That was the song that I picked. Needless to say, I, I have no outline, many ideas how many times I started that song over, but being able to follow the verses of that song with the little bit of reference from a pretty good acquaintance with Psalm 23, I still never got there. I got back to the room, and, and I think at some point before I came home, I looked up the lyrics to remind myself and to, be, to remember them. I'm really thankful, though, um, I'm really thankful for the way the Lord, I, I'm, I'm not very good at memorizing scripture. I, I really am not. I have a lot of skills and talents, but memorizing scripture is not among them. So I'm, I'm really thankful that when God allows a piece of scripture to really be laid on my heart so that I never really even have to kind of think about it, and, and this is one of those. Maybe it's one of yours as well. Some of you are really good at memorizing scripture, and, and this is one of those that I think needs to be way up on the top of the list. It's a powerful piece of scripture. It comes from the Old Testament and David. And it has this unique fulfillment among us, right? Because we live on this side of Jesus. We live on this side of the, of the birth and the life and the death, burial and the resurrection of Jesus. And so when we think of the Lord is my shepherd, we're not simply thinking of the God who created the universe. We're not simply thinking of the God who brought us out of Egypt. We're not simply thinking of the, the God that, the, that is supposed to, the train of his robe, the footstool of God that is in the temple in Jerusalem. We are blessed with the image of Jesus, aren't we? If you go to Google and look up images for the Lord is my shepherd, very often it is, it is a and, and isn't it interesting how we instantaneously recognize Jesus in an image, which is probably not a good thing. We think we recognize Jesus. But it's often this Jesus figure who's carrying a lamb. But when David spoke it, when David spoke it, it was the Lord Jehovah. It was Yahweh. It was the Father, the Creator, that we identify sort of as God. And yet... Isn't it powerful the way David sees his life with God as so incredibly intimate? A leader, yes, but a leader who comes alongside, a leader who knows us well, a leader who not only leads us into green pastures and to still waters, but that phrase restores my soul. I'm not, I'm not just in a... In a intellectual relationship with this God. I'm not just in a legalistic relationship with God. I know what his law is and I'm going to follow the Ten Commandments. I'm in a personal relationship with God such that where he leads me I will always call a good path and even when that's a dark shadowy place and I feel like I'm being disciplined by his rod and his staff I'm not going to worry about it because it's his rod and staff and as opposed to discipline and, and harm, I see it as great comfort. Even as a child, 
When my parents disciplined me, I didn't see that disciplined as this wonderful, warm thing. It is only when we grow up that we look back and we say, I am so thankful my parents kept me out of that or pointed me in this direction with their discipline. David knows the shepherd. He knows his God. And I would say that his God knows him. It informs him when he is a shepherd out in a field. But even more, it informed him when he became the king. He didn't always live up to that model. But it informed what he wanted to be as Israel's king. Again, I'm curious if you've thought about it. I asked you to think about it this week. I asked you to think about how you lead. Have you thought about the various ways that you lead different kinds of folks? And I would even point to my good friend Haley, who will oftentimes lead me to smiling in places where I don't always smile because her smile is infectious. Amen? How are you leading? No matter what age you are, no matter what gender you are, no matter what stage of life you're in, no matter what your employing situation is, there is a way in which you're a leader. If nothing else, if you're involved in social media, the way that you speak for peace, the way that you speak kindly to people, leads. Because social media and the internet is full of filth. They call them trolls. They exist simply to exist in the, the darkness of the an anonymity of the internet and to be able to throw arrows and barbs at people. And when you jump on Facebook, you have the opportunity to lead in a different direction. Facebook used to be the coffee shop where you would meet and visit around uh, the cafe or something like that. And again, in that situation... You could either participate in the gossip that ran people down or you could participate in encouraging words that lifted people up. How do you lead? You're going to lead one way or another. You're going to either lead for your own selfish goals or you're going to lead in a way that shows that you know the shepherd, that you want to point people towards the shepherd. That's about the way you're motivated. It's about your goals. It's about the methods that you work towards leadership in. And yes, we're always going to be influenced by the results that our leadership produces. Are people following? Are people following in a way that I want them to? But more than that, as someone who follows God and knows Christ, we're to be influenced by the priorities of what godly, Christ-like leadership looks like. So when Jesus proclaims, as Callan did such a great job of reading in John chapter 10, I am the good shepherd, he expresses many things. He reaches back to David and to Psalm 23 and said, David may not have known I was coming, but I'm here, the good shepherd who leads you as God has led you. He reaches back to passages, and again, you may want to just write these down. I'm not going to list them extensively. But passages like Jeremiah 23, in fact, scattered throughout Jeremiah, is this language of Israel has shepherds, but they're blind or they're misled, or maybe even they are faithless and evil. 
Ezekiel chapter 34 is a, a long indictment of Israel's shepherds, the humans who led them, their kings, their princes, heads of households. You've done things that are inconsistent with the God who has been your shepherd and led you in the right ways. Zechariah will make reference to shepherds that, that the people have been scattered and that the shepherds can't bring them back together again. In fact, the shepherd, Zechariah says, has done such a poor job that the shepherds actually scatter the sheep, which is the antithesis to everything that a shepherd is supposed to be about. Of all the things he's expressing in that, of all the fulfillments that he says, and again, a big part of that is the idea is God has been our shepherd and I am now an earthly fulfillment of that. And the fact that he uses the word good, the shepherd who leads us in good paths, the shepherd whose discipline is good to bring us back to where we need to be, the shepherd who is good and full of, of mercy. I am the good shepherd. But maybe, maybe at the highest on the list, he meant this. In verse 14, he says it. The Father knows me, and I know the Father. If I'm going to be informed by God to lead as his good shepherd here on earth at this time, and I would say he is the good shepherd for all of eternity, amen? whether it's his presence here on earth or not, through his Holy Spirit, he continues to be our great, chief, good shepherd. But his being the good shepherd is informed at its apex by the fact that the Father knows who he is, which we see reflected several times in a very specific way in the Gospels. When Jesus is baptized at the Mount of Transfiguration, God will speak from the clouds. Sometimes the whole crowd hears, sometimes just a few hear. depends on where you read it. But he said, this is my son whom I love in whom I'm well pleased. Matthew will make sure and add, listen to him. In many ways, God says, I know I'm the original shepherd. I am the gentle one who has led you, not as a tyrant leads, but as a shepherd leads. And now I am manifest in this one named Jesus, the one that you see doing things that are consistent with what God would do, the one who is saying things that sound like the very voice of God. The Father knows me. I've heard him say my name before. I hope in your heart of hearts you've heard God speak your name as well. But more than that, I know the Father. Again, he taught as one who had greater authority than their regular teachers. The, the teachers in the temple were astounded by his understanding when he was 12 years old. Not only did the Father know him, but he knew the Father he knew the Father intimately. As God has always been the shepherd of his people, now Jesus leads. Jesus leads as the Father leads. And Jesus teaches from a greater knowledge because he knows the Father. Jesus lives in a way that is different because of his intimacy with 
the Father. Jesus speaks to this idea of knowing in several places. I'm going to select Matthew chapter 7. Let's read together. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit. But a bad tree bears bad fruit, and a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. This is classic. I'm going to repeat this same idea over and over in a slightly different way. This is the way a rabbi taught. If you didn't catch it the first time, maybe the sixth or tenth or twelfth time you'll get it. Thus, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. He goes on in verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of the Father who is in, in heaven. Many will say to me, Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name or perform many miracles? And I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. These are the last statements that roll over into the last parable in the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew's greatest teaching, collection of what Jesus had to say. And it begins, this last section, with the parable that you know so well. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Did anyone ever build a more stable house than the house that Jesus built? Amen. It didn't last for more than 30 years on earth necessarily, but it has lasted for 2,000 years and continues to add rooms to be part of his house because of his faithful knowing the Father and being known by the Father. Every other form of leadership will eventually come crashing down except the kind of leadership that is built on the way God leads and the way Jesus led as the good shepherd. It may be visible how the leadership crumbles when it's not built on God's selfless principles and instead is built on selfish principles. It may be hidden. We may never know it. But the more we learn about leaders and leadership is that when it isn't based on wisdom that comes from God, it, like the foolish man's house, will, how do we do that? Crash. Very good. Some of you got it. Let's all try again together. The foolish man's house went crash. And that's exactly what our leadership will do if it's not built on being known by the Father and knowing the Father. So what are the fruits of knowing the Good Shepherd? Jesus said you're going to know a tree by its fruit. You're going to be able to tell good fruit is produced by a good tree. So how? what is the fruit that we need to produce that says that we know the Good Shepherd? First of all, and again this is a little bit of a tongue twister, it is an intimacy that, a pr that produces knowing and a knowing that produces intimacy. Okay, Follow with me here just for a second. 
God chooses to know us. God chooses to know us as his creation, as the bearers of his image. We may run away from God our whole life, but he chooses to know us. Until at a moment in our life we decide, and maybe, maybe you're one of those people who grew up in church, who all your life kind of knew that God loved you, and that's wonderful, but I will guarantee you at some point in your life you probably kind of turned and said, I think I'll do it my own way. And that God knew you doesn't have an impact until you say, God, I know that you know me, I want to know you. I want to take my initiation and create a relationship back to you. We can see that in, in baptism. God, I, I've tried it on my own, right? I want to know you more intimately. I want to be filled with your Holy Spirit. I want you to be a bigger part of me. Every time we open our lives up in prayer, we're saying, God, I want to know you better. And every time you open your life up in prayer in that way, I believe that God says, I know you, I know you too. We open our lives when we open the word of God. Now, we can open the word of God and just kind of say, God, I want an answer to this question. Just give me the answer. Or we can open the word of God and say, God, I want to know you a little better. Now, we can get answers, but the answer that comes when we don't say, God, give me an answer, but instead the answer that comes when we say, God, I want to know you, and in knowing you, the answers come to me, we step into a relationship where intimacy creates knowing, and knowing produces even more intimacy. If Jesus needed to affirm the reality that to be the good shepherd he was known by the father and knew the father then if we are to follow in his footsteps in any part of our life but particularly when we recognize the areas in our life where we lead we need to know we need to know who Christ is we need to know who God is we need to know that the Holy Spirit is there to fill us up and to help us and to carry us Along, We need to know them and not know them in a passive way, but know them in a way that they are intimate friends and that we sense their intimate relationship with us as well. Secondly, there is no greater fruit. The New Testament will speak of it over and over again. I find it interesting how Matthew chapter 7 informs the words of Jesus that are recorded in Matthew chapter 7 informs Paul when he writes 1 Corinthians chapter 13. You can prophesy in tongues and you can perform all kinds of miracles. You can give things away as much as you want to. But if you have not, but if you have not, y'all ha have to be heard by the people on the internet. But have not, you know, see I heard the people on the internet. That was pretty amazing how that came back through this way. We need to be people who are aware of being loved in a way that manifests itself in loving others. There is no other fruit that says, I know Jesus, than the way that we find loving relationships with the people around us. 
Now let's be sure and say, as a leader, sometimes loving doesn't just look like, oh, what a wonderful person you are, you're doing great. Sometimes a leader who loves you is going to say, you can't do it that way. That's not going to accomplish our goal. You don't say it with that mean voice, right? Sorry. It can't be done that way. I need to send you in a new direction. But I'm sending you in a new direction not because I'm trying to hammer you down. Instead, I'm speaking this to you so that I can lift you up. I want you to move on to better and better things. I'm not correcting you. I'm not reassigning you. I'm not, I'm not dictating to you so that I can put you down and make myself look greater. I am lifting you up so that maybe someday you'll even do it better than I do. I want to point you towards the better things. The list is pretty incredible, isn't it? I performed miracles in your name. Lord, Lord, I speak your name. Lord, Lord. By the way, a big deal in the first century. Speaking of God, speaking of Jesus as Lord, Lord could get you killed. And yet he says, you can say Lord, Lord all I want to, but if you don't follow me, if you don't know me, if your life is not informed by knowledge of who I am and obedience to that, then you've missed it. Again, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 will say, you can do all of these fantastic things. You can be filled with the Spirit in such a way that it overflows in your life in what would be called miraculous ways. But if you're not filled up and doing it all with love, that every relationship in your life reflects a kind of pouring out of yourself into others that is exemplified by Jesus, then you may not know God. You may not know the good shepherd. 1 John is going to express it very pointedly. 1 John chapter 4, starting with verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Hear the kind of relationship here? I know God. And knowing God causes me to do things differently. Love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and His love is made complete in us. Skipping down to verse 16. And so we know and rely on the love that God has for us. I know that God knows me. God is love. Whoever lives in him lives in God and God in them. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God, Lord, Lord, whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. Their life is duplicitous. It's broken in two, in two. It isn't a whole. Whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God also loves their brother and sister. It is the fruit that tells us who knows God and who is known by God. Do you lead in a way do you lead in a way that represents what Jesus said to Peter, feed my sheep? Do you lead in a way that make people ask, what's different about you? That you don't act. The way you lead and the way you come to leadership is not about power and significance and other selfish goals and methods. 
But instead, your methods are those that lift others up, not pushing others down. Particularly as we talk about this, these things, we have to look to our process of discerning and identifying new elders. There's nothing I want more in an elder than to see the fruit that he knows the Father and knows the Son and knows the Holy Spirit. There is no greater qualification than those things. And to see the fruit of that playing out in his life. To see the fruit of that playing out in his life in such a way that we perceive a selfless kind of support and love coming from him. Very important question for you today. Do you know Jesus? I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Do you know Jesus? There's no replacement for the answer to that question in your life. You can have all the money in the world. You can have all the influence in the world. You can have all the success in the world. And it won't make any difference if you don't know Jesus. I want to invite you at this time. If you're here today and you say, I maybe have thought I knew him, but I, I want to know him more. To let that be known to someone. You're welcome to come forward if you want to. To express that and have us pray about that. You may want to say that I've been putting off that stepping into that intimate relationship with him. And I have not been baptized. And if that's the case, we want to talk to you about that as well. If you're online and you want to, to, to not just reach out to people on the phone or whatever. But want to reach out directly to us. There's a number that's going to be on the screen there. You can send a message to that number and someone will get back to you. To help you in that conversation because there's no... No question that's more important. Do you know Jesus? Because he knows you. He knows exactly where you are. But he has no intention of leaving you there. He wants to lift you higher. And for that we all say, Amen.